All right, guys and gals, before we get into the action today with my very special guest, Annette Tully, I want to invite you to join me over on YouTube. Uh, we've got a lot of amazing content coming out there. Actually, this podcast is going to be out on that YouTube channel. So uh, all you got to do is point your browser or point your app to YouTube and there's a search for W2 Capitalist. I'll see you. Let me know you arrived somewhere in the chat. You watch a video uh, that you really enjoy. Just give me some comments on it and uh, I will be able to engage with you there. That's one of the things why. I love about YouTube versus the podcast is that even though you may download this, I'll never know it. I never know your thoughts on YouTube. You can let me know in the comments and, and, and we can engage that way. So I look forward to seeing you there. W2 Capitalist on YouTube. Now let's get to work. W2 Capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Jay Helms, and I'm the founder of this podcast and movement known as the W2 Capitalist. Got it right that time. <laughs> <laughs> this is take two, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to edit. I'm not going to edit this out. We're just going to roll with it. Today, I am joined by a very special friend, special guest, Annette Tali. Uh, she was born and raised in Lima, Peru, moved to Florida to fulfill her life dream of studying abroad. She transferred and received her Bachelor of Architecture from Florida Atlantic University. In her 18 years in architecture, Annette has acquired a broad range of experience in architectural design, construction, and effective pro property project management. We're going to get to your property management here in a minute on a wide range or wide variety of project types. Whew. That was just a brief intro, but you do so much more. You're a mom, you're a wife, you, you have this rental portfolio that you, you not only manage, but uh, you manage other people's properties. You have a lot of irons in the fire. You lead South Florida Multifamily More Facebook group. You are a member of the W2 Capitalist Mastermind, and you recently launched your own podcast, Real Estate Deal Closer Show, and a video series called Three Expert Tips. Whew, that's a lot. Annette, <laughs> welcome to the show. We were just talking about trying to get a bunch of stuff done, right? And you, yes. my friend, have, you've, you're getting it done. You're getting a lot of stuff done. We were actually off camera, we were or off record button, we were talking about getting laser focused and uh, something you and I both need to work on. But um, you've been actively investing since 2013. And as we were talking just up right before we hit, hit the record button, I didn't realize how similar our stories have have been or should should be. And I've known you for a couple couple of years now, should be. How similar our stories are. That's probably better to say. <laughs> and um, but you and I've known each other for a couple of years. You're actually one of the few mastermind members that I've met in person. Um, you've you were I won't say I don't want to take this away from Gwaith or Jamie because I know it was either one of them two that signed up first for the mastermind, but you have been there almost since the inception. Matter of fact, I think you are the only member of the mastermind that I've met in person. Huh, am I? Yeah, I, think, I so. think besides the people in Pensacola, I think you met a couple. Oh, I met Pensacola? Buddy, but yeah, that was more of a business uh, business thing. Um, yeah, yeah. The Pensacola people don't. Uh, they don't count in my opinion. I'm joking. I'm joking. Jennifer, buddy, you guys, I'm joking. Uh, you are the, let me, let me go back and rephrase that. You are the first out of Pensacola area mastermind member, the only member of Pensacola area that I've met in person. So yeah, it, it was really exciting to get to know you and your family and it was like Christmas time. So it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I, apparently we vacation in the same place. So yeah. uh, we, I decided to make it happen. Uh, I, I do make a point to, to meet people that have the same mindset as me. Uh, because I really, you know, you are the five people that you associate with mm -hmm. and here in South Florida, you know, I don't have, 
until I started networking. I didn't have that group of people. Uh, so I once, you know, I was told by you that I had to join uh, <laughs> a, a meetup around where I lived, uh, you know, that changed everything, yeah. you know, in my yeah. investing. So I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot that goes into being around the, you know, you mentioned it. Be, you're basically the average of the five people that you stay around the most. And um, for a lot of us, we need to work on who those people are, right? That average us out. So uh, absolutely. Um, whether wh Whatever you're focused on, right? If you're health focused, and I'm pointing at you, Annette, because it's something we were talking <laughs> about, maybe you need to have more health focused friends into your circle. I certainly do. My wife is a real good example of that, but she knows that... Uh, it, she cannot fight this battle alone <laughs> of, of getting me out of my laziness sometimes. Uh, but what I want to talk about today, really kind of get into is, is we were talking about how our stories are similar. We both bought our very first, and I'm going to use air quotes because I think this was a false start for me. It was a, certainly a false start for you uh, in your real estate investing adventure was at the height of the market in 2005. You bought in 2005. I bought in 2006. So, you know, and how that put a pause on our really real estate investing altogether for another eight, uh, eight, seven, eight years, right? So yes. walk us through what happened in as much detail as you want to share, right? In 2005, you guys purchased a, a condo, but kind of walk us through what your emotions and, you know, you and I were briefly talking about this, how there was a little bit of FOMO there, a fear of missing out a little yes. bit. So, so let's, let's talk about that back in 2005, because I think when I look at the market today, having gone through that before, and I'm curious to know your uh, viewpoint on it now is it feel there's a lot of similarity into where the markets were in 2005 and 2006 to now right? Which is more in 2020. But um, yeah. walk us through that first purchase back in 2005. Yeah. So, you know, we were young and we both had uh, good incomes. We had no kids, so we had no responsibilities. So we, you know, everybody was buying at the time, you know, everybody was buying and then they were selling it a year later and they were making a big chunk of money and then they were buying again and they were using like, uh, you know, 3% down or 5% down. And so we kind of uh, were thinking zero percent you know, down was a thing too. Then. If you were I the first time buyer, if you were yeah. the first time buyer, you could do the zero percent. Yeah. Um, so I actually, we, so real, I'm going to interrupt you real quick before I forget this. I, when I closed on that very first property that I bought in 2006, I walked away zero percent down. I didn't put anything down and I walked away from that closing with a cat, with a check for like $500. Wow. Can you, I don't know. You know, I don't remember if we did the 0% down, uh, but we did have two mortgages. We had the first mortgage. Oh, yeah. You know what? I might have done 0% down because we had the, the first mortgage that was the 80% and then the second one that was the 20. Yep. So, yes, I think we did the 0%. You, you yeah. know, and we, yeah. we bought this condo. <laughs> it was in a beautiful gated community here in South Florida. It, it was a country club, but we were not required to be members of the country club so we kind of had this amazing beautiful condo in a beautiful place and uh and you know we were getting married a few months later so we bought it in december or november and of 2004 and then we got married in march so he, ryan was living there for a couple of months before while we mm -hmm. were renovating and fixing it before i moved in when we got married and so the reason we bought it was like we were also like you know, everybody was buying and we wanted to buy. And like I was mentioning, some people said like, don't buy in a condo, but they never told us why not mm. buying a condo. They were just saying, and we couldn't, I don't think we couldn't afford a house yet with our incomes that was what we wanted, like maybe not in the area that we wanted. Mm. And so, you know, this was a really, we were so excited and proud of our purchase. And that was very short-lived uh, because we we moved in in November, Ryan moved in, and then in December, we get a special assessment of $2,000. And so we were like, uh, what's a special assessment? And, you know, why do we have to pay for it? And so we, we did not do our homework. And that was the mm. main problem. Like we just bought, 
into the hype of just buy because it's going to appreciate and then you're going to sell it at a profit and you know it doesn't matter that you don't put any money down we just did it yeah. um, so you know we basically were paying for a, a damage to roofs caused by the hurricane or I think it was damages I don't know if it was roof but it was damages caused by a previous hurricane and this information was not disclosed to us before mm. we closed um, one other thing that we was not disclosed to us was that we had two HOAs to pay we had to pay the HOA for the uh, apartment for the condo for the- and we had to pay an HOA for the main community the country club mm-hmm. which wasn't a lot of money so we kind of learned that like a few days before closing when we had to get an interview with the HOA and they, and then we realized there were two different HOA fees we had to pay <laughs> and it wasn't a lot of money. So we kind of went ahead and did it. Um, but we didn't factor that in when we were, uh, you know, looking at the numbers. Um, and, and at that time I really didn't know how to look at the numbers. <laughs> you know, I just knew that I could pay it and we could afford it and uh, we just did it. Uh, so then, you know, we had to I'm pay guilty of that too, by the way, in 2006. <laughs> I was like, I can afford it. I can do it. Sure, yes. let's, do, let's do this. You know, yeah. we had no kids and a lot of extra income. So we um, we paid that, you know, $2,000. And then the following year came, we had put some improvements into the apartment, into the condo. And then another hurricane hits. And this time it kind of ruins the roofs. And the HOA decided to replace the roofs instead of um, fixing the roofs. And that's when I realized that when you buy in a condominium, you have basically no boat. Any, like you can, you have to have a very big uh, amount of homeowners that want to do what you want to do before you can change what the HOA is going to do. So yeah. the HOA has really all the power to make decisions for you. And I think the roof had maybe like, three or four years more of life. So instead of fixing it, they decided to replace it completely, which was a lot more money. And guess what? There were no reserves. <laughs> so We can laugh now, but it was not funny that I can guarantee it was not, that. It was not fun because for us, we had a mortgage, you know, and yeah. a lot of the people in this community were older people that owned these condos for a long time. So they didn't really care about spending another mortgage payment because this ended up being uh, $800 per month extra that we hadn't calculated. I think our mortgage was $1,200 and then this extra payment was $800 a month. So it really kind of put us in a bad position. Uh, We still could afford it and we continue to pay it for another year. And that's when the things started to, to go down. Um, you know, our, my husband and I were both architects. So the work in architecture started drying out as the recession started. You know, architecture, you know, the company where I worked, uh, we were 50 people. And at the end of the recession, we were 25. Wow. And uh, my husband's company was a smaller company. They were around 12 people. And he was the last one to be laid off, but they closed. Mm. Uh, his, the company where he worked closed. So the following year, you know, our incomes were going down and the condo expenses were increasing and uh, to the point where we couldn't do it anymore. So, um, you know, we decided, uh, you know, we have to do something and we ended up, you know, being advised to do a short sale. Yeah. And so, you know, can we, I, can I interrupt yes. you? Uh, this is really good stuff. I want, there's a couple of things I want to pull out, pull out of there though. Right. Is that because, and I'm going to post this link for people watching on YouTube right here. I'm going to post a link that goes back to uh, something I posted last week uh, about and the title of it is now is not the time to invest. So if you're listening on the podcast, you can go back and look that up. Uh, amongst the investor community, that has not been a very popular post. There's been a lot of people disagreeing. I shared with Annette how one guy took it real personal, um, it, you know, and it was not an attack on him or, you know, I was asking him why he disagreed with me. But <clears throat> now, you know, the point of that video and what I want to get across today is that don't jump into doing something just because everybody else is doing it. Matter of fact, mm-hmm. if everybody else is doing it, you might need to raise your hand and think, okay, what is everybody else not doing, right? 
And a lot of folks are not really focused right now on the macroeconomics that our country is uh, faced with right now. You know, it is a political season. There's a lot of stuff going on there. There's a lot of speculation there on why, you know, COVID has run rampant or whatnot. But when all this shakes out, and I say COVID, but that has, you know, kind of waterfall down into unemployment rates going up. Uh, interest rates are still staying pretty low, but there's a lot of factors going on with the real estate market. And even though it's very, real estate is very localized, these things are going to ha happen on a, on a grand scale. So I want to translate or kind of compare what's going on now versus what happened in 2000, 2005 leading up to 2007. And, you know, I'm going to use your story in that, but I'm, I'm saying the same thing about me. I didn't know what I was buying. I didn't know why I was buying it. I didn't know. I really didn't know my, know my numbers, right? I got caught up in all the hype of everybody else is doing it. There's this fear of missing out, man, I got to get on this bandwagon. And now that I've lived through that, I, I see things happening again, right? And there's a, there's a couple of guys that I used to work with that um, started buying up these condos and things that, that man, this cash flow is just amazing. We're going to Airbnb it. And when I heard them say this, and they, these guys have never bought real estate before. Uh, and when they would come to me and ask me for advice, they would tell me that I didn't know what I was talking about. And they would still go buy these ass. I'm using air quotes, assets. When that started happening, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm pumping the brakes. Something is about to go wrong. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause for a minute. But the point, of, and I'm going to wrap it up here and we'll get back to your story is, is I want to make sure everybody do your homework first, right? When you buy into a condo or something that has an HOA association, there's a lot of things that have to go into that. You need to understand, Annette, you made a comment about um, when you don't necessarily have a vote you know, you have one vote for every door that you own there, right? In most HOA associations, especially in Florida, they require two thirds of the members to change any sort of bylaws or, or get a special assessment done. So you really need to know the demographic of people that you're going to be your neighbors, right? Yeah. And you need to know what that is. I looked at a, uh, my wife and I, before we started having kids, we looked at a condo too. And that was the first time that I was introduced to two different associations, one for the actual building, but on this property, there was five or Medical six other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so there was two different associations, but in our building, um, there was one man who owned, um, and this was a big property, right? He was extremely wealthy. He had to be an extremely wealthy guy, but he owned over, um, 25% of the building. But, and then between him and two other owners, they had the two thirds vote if they needed it. So that right there told us we're going to back away. We're not going to, even though we love the condo, we love the idea. Uh, plus the association fees were outrageous, but we <laughs> just got to think, Hey, if this guy wants to do a special assessment to put a pool on the roof, he can. And we have no voting rights. What, I mean, we have a vote but it's not when it's us versus three other people who are extremely wealthy, right? And just can do yeah. whatever they wanted to. So point I'm trying to make is the video I, I produced and put out that was very unpopular <laughs> amongst the real estate investing community was it to help people realize that they don't have to do everything, everything that everybody else is doing. Take a minute, pause, do your homework, Right know about the property, know about the market you're in, and I'm going to get off my soapbox and we'll get back to you. So Yeah, and, and touching on that, like if we knew what we were doing, we would have looked at the, at the statement of the condominium and see if they had reserves, yes, uh, what type yes. of CapEx they were doing in the future. And so we would know, um, you know, we would have, you know, if there were no reserves, we would have asked what projects are they going to be doing soon and, you know, be able to, um, to plan. Yeah. And yeah. so um, hold on a second, Elliot, you need to go to the other room. One of the things while that's tended to something real quick is I want to talk about knowing what reserves are, right? When you go into um, uh, an HOA association, HOA association, HOA, the A is association. When you go into an HOA situation, when you, as part of your 
if you look at this, right, and you want to still want to buy a condo or a property that's in an HOA, you are allowed to ask for the financials of the HOA before you close on that property. You've got to know. And if they don't have capital reserves, then that is one thing that you have, you've got to know about. It's a huge red flag if the, if the HOA hasn't been run properly to have those reserves. So welcome back, Annette. I was just talking about HOA reserves. <laughs> yes, I'm so sorry. My, no, my son just walked in. <laughs> no worries. We are, we are both at home, right? And uh, while your son almost made an appearance on camera, I'm sure you, you've heard my three in the background uh, at some <laughs> point in time. So, um, All right. So what so, I was saying, like if I knew, I would have checked those things, but you know, I didn't know. And uh, so we decided, uh, going back to the story, we decided to do a short sale and we were one of those uh, small group of people that the bank went after the, the remainder of the debt. So the short sale, what it is, is um, let's say a property is worth 100 and then you short sell it for 50 and then um, the bank is supposed or, or what it was told to us is that the bank would take the other debt and just forgive it but the bank that we did the loan with was a small credit union and so they they probably couldn't do that and so they went after us for the, the remainder of the debt and so we had to and we didn't have the money at that point we were already like my hours were reduced my yeah. husband was unemployed and so we had to file for bankruptcy which was really tough to do oh. um you know we were both really um independent and having to to go through that process was not fun um you know having um collectors calling you and (laughs) it was it was really very stressful times our marriage was um you know put to the test for sure yeah put to the test for sure um and uh so we decided at that point that we would this would never happen again to us and um the funny thing was that after a lot of soul searching and a lot of what are we going to do now, um, we were thinking, okay, what type, like we, we decided we cannot have all our eggs in one basket. And Mm. to us, architecture was that basket because we were both in the same, Mm. uh, career, even though we were working in different companies, we like our income depended on the same industry. Yeah. And so after looking at different ideas on how to get different stream of incomes, we went back to real estate, which was <laughs> a little bit of the cause of why we cut it so bad. But we came with a different mindset of, you know, we are going to learn and we're going to do it right this time. Yeah. So um, we... Uh, that's when we decided we were going to be buying uh, rentals and uh, it just, we started educating ourselves a little bit better <laughs> and, and, and we made the pledge that we would never buy a condo ever again. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the thing, you know, the thing about condos uh, and, and I've asked this all the time because we live in a, a beach community. Hey, why don't you buy investment properties? Right. And And I can never, with the HOA and the insurance and everything that comes along with it, I can never get those to cash flow. But condos are not a cash flow play, right? They are for pure uh, appreciation. I was going to say speculation because sometimes those two go together. But I think what you're saying is you guys figured out, okay, we're no longer going to focus on appreciation. We're going to focus on uh, cash flow, right? Which is, uh, in my opinion, a smarter move because that's what we do and that's what I've been able to to be able to. Um, exit the W2 world. Uh, it, sorry, that's fresh in my mind still. I still have Yeah, no, uh, it, it, I mean, you know, we, when we bought it, we were kind of um, just thinking of appreciation, like in a yeah. year. And actually we had a period of time where we decided let's sell and it was right on the peak. So yeah. our, the realtor that, uh, it was a realtor from the condominium area and she mm. was very familiar with the area. So she told us you can sell it for this amount and I don't remember the amounts. And we were like, okay, if we can sell it for that amount, awesome. So we put it on the market and then she came to us like a week later. It's like, no, you cannot get that much. You have to sell it for less. And we're like, you just told us that we could sell it for this. And, and I think that was a mistake that we did. Um, mm. We should have sold then and we would have made money and we wouldn't have gone through everything that happened. So it was a little bit of, um, you know, we were trying to get as much as possible or we were, 
a greedy little almost. Greedy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were a little bit greedy. Uh, but I think also we were uh, told by her that we could do more. So our expectations, she gave us different, yeah. an expectation that wasn't real. I think if she would have told us, you can sell it for this much from the beginning, for the lower amount, we would have probably sold it. Uh, but she gave us this expectation a lot higher. And then we were like, no, you just told us like, let's, you know, let's yeah. try to sell it for that amount. Yeah. And then it sat on the market and then we couldn't sell it. And then everything started going down, down and down quickly. and down. And so then we were like, we have to sell at whatever amount we can get. Yeah. You guys, I want to take a break real quick with the action with Annette and talk about knowing your homework and being able to do your homework efficiently. I want to point you to, you've heard me talk about this before, but one of our affiliates, dealcheck.io, got to know what you're getting into when you're analyzing properties. And dealcheck is one of the most efficient tools that I've used or come across. And it is just super, super cheap. Free to sign up for initially. You start unlocking parts of the software. You're going to have to pay for it. So use the w, the W2 Capitalist promo code. It's W2CAP when you check out. Uh, I do have an affiliate link. I don't want to worry about that. I want to make sure you use W2CAP when you check out to get that extra 25% off. Okay. It's dealcheck.io from your browser. Now let's get back to it. And so so just a note to you realtors out there, if you're listening, set proper expectations for your clientele, especially the, the young ones who are just married and may not know their ass from a hole in the ground when it comes to properties. And, you know, because there's and I get you guys get paid per transaction, but you got to do your due diligence and, and set it up from the very beginning. Right. Because if your realtor and that if your realtor would have came to you with that second price the very first time, that would have been your expectation. Right. So you guys yeah. would have been. Okay. Yeah, and we so. would have made money with that amount as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you wouldn't yeah, have this you know, great but, but, experience you know, to talk I, about. I take total responsibility. Was yeah. we should have done our research, and we should have, you know, we just didn't know, and yeah. you know, we were just trying to ride the wave that everybody was riding. Yeah. So the second time around, we were a lot more prepared and we realized that we had to uh, do our homework, and you know, having a bankruptcy on your credit it's not fun you know you don't have a credit card for a long time so we focus on building our credit back um and you know we had to wait like six months to get our first credit card which was a secure credit card and so we started saving money like as soon as we could um we started living with one income and any other money that we had we would save it and so we started saving and living like the with the minimum stuff like we wouldn't go out we would eat at home cook take food to work and you know all the luxuries that we were enjoying before we were just not doing it we were like focused on saving money and um getting to to the next level to yeah. to be able to buy property and get to our goals yeah so um yeah it was it was a lot of work, but it was worth it. Yeah. So mentally, I'm, I'm curious on what some of the things that you went through and then that you and your husband went through, you know, emotionally, how did you guys, what, what, what are some of the things that you <laughs> The first one was denial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Know, this is not happening. Well, the reason Why I asked is because I, I, I think there's going to be a lot of people in the next year or so that are going to come back and they're going to find this and like, yeah, this is, this is totally relating to me. I should have listened. But, and here's, you know, what I should expect emotionally, what I'm going to go through in the next, I don't know, ever how long it takes to kind of get past the bankruptcy window, right. Of where you can start living somewhat normal again. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, what are some of the things that, that y'all went through and that you went through as an individual that, to help you get through it, right? Um, all the, like the bad things that we had to go through? Or, not necessarily, or not necessarily the specifics of the bad thing, but emotionally, you know, what are some of the things that you told yourself and then how did you come out on the other side of that, right? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I, the, at the beginning it was like denial like why is this happening to us <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. like we we always do the right thing we are not bad people you know we why why is this happening to us and yeah. so you know after a lot of tears and uh, you know 
blaming ourselves (laughs) (laughs) and you know we decided okay we have to move on we have to you know what's next what's the what can we do so that we don't we are not in this position ever again and that's when like i said when we decided okay let's look for different sources of income we don't want to depend on just one thing um so ryan at the time was working freelancing uh in architecture so um and i had i still had my job so we were able to live off my um, income and then all the money that he brought, it was straight to our savings account and we save, 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 save. And um, I think it took, uh, we started looking for property, I want to say around 2011. Mm. And we started looking for a $40,000 property here in South Florida. And at that time you could find wood frame properties in certain areas uh, for 40, 50,000. And they were, you know, total rehabs, (laughs) you know, and, you know, even though we would look at the, at the property and say, Oh, you know, we can buy that. We didn't have the money to remodel it. Mm. So we, we, we looked for an entire year, uh, before we bought a property. And at the same time, um, I started working as a property manager. So then I started acquiring uh, experience in managing properties and how to deal with tenants. And, and the reason that we kind of pulled the plug and we're like, okay, we're going to buy a property was because I finally decided, or we decided we wanted to have kids. So, you know, and it became more urgent because I didn't want to go back to work. I mm. want I didn't want to keep working full time. And by then Ryan was having, um, he was working freelancing, but he had a lot of work, you know, things had gotten better already. And, you know, it's been a couple of years. Um, I don't think they were yet hiring, um, in architecture that much, but things were starting to get better. And, uh, and so we decided, you know, we've been married for like, at that time it was like nine years or eight years, like, you know, it's time to have kids. So, you know, somebody offered me the opportunity, a friend of mine to manage this property. And I was at the time like seven months pregnant and I was like, okay, (laughs) I'll do it. You know, it was kind of like learning how to do something while being paid. So it was an amazing opportunity. And seven months pregnant. Are you kidding me? I I started working as a property (laughs) manager. I didn't know that. It was summer. It was summer. Wow. And uh, (laughs) I started working. I remember, I think I took like a week off and then I was back working. Or two weeks, maybe. Two weeks, maybe. The owner came and stayed here for two weeks because we were in the middle of a complete remodeling. I think we were tenting the building for termites, which meant that we had to relocate the tenants that we had into a hotel. And, and, you know, and all of this happened while I was in the hospital. So I had to kind of (laughs) hand the phone to the owner and be like, the tenting people are going to be there on Saturday and you're going to have to deal with it. (laughs) Wow. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, this, the owner of this building became uh, my mentor, uh, the same as his cousin. And Mm. they have been amazing to us in uh, helping us run the numbers like you know what's the one percent rule and how do you you know make sure that this is like that and make sure to look at that and you know they came to look at properties with us a couple of times you know when we were like not sure on, on what to look for when you are looking at a property so to keep with the story you know you know we kept looking and we kept saving money and so it took an entire year for us to to find the property. But by the time that we bought our property, we had saved a lot of money. And we were able to buy a much nicer property mm. in a better area. It was ready to go, uh, ready to be rented. It was empty, but uh, it was... It was essentially rent ready without... Without, uh, we closed, we closed, I think we stole, installed blinds and we (laughs) advertised it for rent. Yeah. And that was all we had to do. Nice. So it was, it was really, really good. It was a really good experience. And uh, after that we were like, okay, we bought a property (laughs) and we didn't do anything but save money because we kept saving money. Mm. Um, and then, you know, 
having a child changes everything, right? Changes so everything. <laughs> we were living in a, we were renting, we were renting an apartment while we bought this property mm. uh, because we wanted to focus on cash flow and we wanted to buy something that was going to produce income instead of buying a house, which is really not an asset, it's a liability. Um, unless you put that money to work. Right. So, yep. you know, when our daughter was about a year and a half, I want to say we bought a house and, um, you know, up to this point, we were not able to buy anything. We had to buy cash because of our bankruptcy. So that was the reason that we kept saving and saving because we knew that the only way that we could start investing was cash. So by the time that we, um, bought our house, we were able to get a loan, but we were not able to get um, a favorable terms. Mm, but we gotcha. really found a house that we liked. And so, and we were only a few months away from being able to get the terms that we, that were better. But we decided to buy the house anyways, with the idea of refinancing um, like the following year to get better terms. Because I think we were, uh, we had to get, um, mortgage insurance, mm -hmm. the interest rate wasn't that good, uh, and other things. Um, but we actually did, and we uh, a year after we decided to make the expense, the expense of refinancing, and but we got a lot better terms uh, on when we refinanced. And then, you know, we decided to have another child, so we decided, okay, let's get another property because our you know, we wanted the cash flow, but the main point of buying these properties was to have, uh, like, to have this property for my kids' edu college education. If they decided to mm. go to college, we could sell the property, or the cash flow of the property was going to pay for college education if they decided to do that. And um, so, once we uh, Elliot was coming, we decided to buy a second uh, duplex. <laughs> the first one was a duplex, so the second one was a duplex too. Uh, and we decided to go with multiple units because we uh realized we didn't want to you know this got stuck in our heads we didn't want to <laughs> depend on just one source of income and to me having two units that's two opportunities mm. to get cash flow and even if you have one apartment empty you're going to have the other one uh to give you the income it's very yep. unlikely that you're going to have both units empty at the same time very unlikely so yep that's what we decided to do. Like we couldn't buy bigger, but we decided, uh, you know, the duplex was giving us more flexibility in that sense. So once we bought the second one, uh, you know, the, we, on the second one, we were able to get uh, financing. So we were able to just save money to buy the second one with a down payment of 25%. And so, you know, this was probably four years after, um, the bankruptcy and you know once i bought the second property i started to looking for other ways to to be able to get to acquire property and um i think i was um i think i discovered bigger packets i had seen bigger packets website but it, i was using it mostly for property management every time that i had a question mm. about property management i would go to uh, bigger packets and look it up uh, but I saw this webinar and it was like acquire <laughs> your next property before the end of the year or something like yeah. that. <laughs> so I did the webinar and it got me so excited and I was like, okay, I'm going to buy my third property. But I, at that point I didn't have any more money. You know, I, and I realized that saving the money for a down payment was going to take a long time mm -hmm. and I didn't want to do that. I wanted to, uh, accelerate our, you know, our portfolio, our, portfolio. The rate at, at which we could acquire more, more property. So I don't know how I stumbled upon HELOCs, which are mm. the home equity line of credit. And at that time, my home had acquired value. We had also done some remodeling to it. So uh, we were at the right time when it was still cheap and it was going up again yeah. Yeah. here in Florida. And so I was able to get a line of credit on my house. So my house, from being a liability to us, became an <laughs> asset because now I was taking money out of it and putting it to work. So the third property that we bought was a duplex again. We used the HELOC as down payment for this third property. So this property, we don't have any money into it. So when you're talking about infinite returns. This is a, a great example because we didn't use really any of our money. Uh, we use the equity 
on the house and we used a mortgage. Yeah. So uh, this property, you know, and the numbers worked. The numbers work, which was good. Uh, I did learn a valuable lesson on this one. Um, on the previous two properties, the taxes didn't go up that much. Mm -hmm. So my underwriting on the third one, you know, the same, like I knew that the taxes were going to go up, but I, you know, I just underwrote it kind of the same as the other ones. Well, you know, since there was so much <laughs> growth in Florida, property taxes started going up. Yeah. So this property for the last, you know, the first year was cash flowing really nicely. And the second year, the taxes went up. Mm. So it just, it started, it's still um, cash flow, but not as much as when I bought it. Because so that was taxes. a valuable lesson to, to learn that you have to plan for the worst case scenario yeah. when it comes to taxes, because you don't know if they are going to change it. You know, so very you much similar, not very much, but similar to if an HOA wants to do uh uh, special assessment or, or increase the, the dues, they, they can put it up to a vote. Taxes are similar to that too, right? Um, yes. You mentioned bigger pockets. I, 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 I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it wasn't for bigger pockets, but I miss the bigger pockets of like 2013, 2014. I don't, I don't know if it's because they, <clears throat> I don't know if it's because I've changed so much that platform doesn't appeal to me as much anymore or if they've changed because there's been some leadership turnover and whatnot. And, and, well, um, you know, I, it I, it's so funny like that you mentioned that because I feel the same way. Yeah. Um, I loved bigger, bigger packets and I, you know, but I think it, it just, I never go to bigger, I don't go to bigger packets that often anymore. No, uh, I, don't, I don't know why. <laughs> uh, every once in a while and, uh, you know, I don't know. I It feels like there's so many other sources. I do love their podcast and mm. I still listen to it. Um, I, I, I haven't listened to one of their podcasts and I don't know how long. Again, I just miss, I miss the bigger pockets of 2013. That's all. That's, I'm going to leave it at that. I don't know. <laughs> there's a, there's a couple of reasons. I, I don't want to bash them too hard because of what they've done for me, but that, I think they've, they think they lost their. And actually, yeah. And, and I don't know if I told you this, but I listened to you on the podcast and that's the reason that I started oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that I started looking you up on Facebook. Uh, you and Tim. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Your, your partner on that project. And so I actually Tim responded to me first on Facebook. Of but course. then <laughs> then I think we saw your you talked about your mastermind. You, you I joined your group on Facebook and, and I really like what you were putting out. And then you advertised the mastermind. You yeah. know, and being a, you know, there was a deadline there and I'm like all, always uh, about uh, taking advantage of deals. So I took yeah. uh, the the pricing. I think there was going to be yeah. a, a deal. So I, I signed up on that um, mastermind. Uh, it was in December. I think it was like New Year's weekend and yeah. <laughs> mastermind would start in January. Yep. And so that's how we, we met. <laughs> yep. I didn't, I didn't know that you had heard and that for, for those of you listening, it is biggerpockets.com uh, slash show 282 or 280. I think, I think it's 282, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know you. Had yeah. And, and the reason that I contacted you guys, it was because you were in Florida and it was yeah. so exciting <laughs> to have somebody that was on bigger packets that was from Florida. <laughs> That's awesome. That's all. Yeah. I, again, I, I can't say enough about those guys because of what they've done. I just, I missed the 2013 or, or missed what it meant to me then and, and uh, anyway it's a lot more to do it was like a little bit more exclusive and now it's just all anything and everything too many yeah. branches and there's 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 a lot of branches out and and um i think the i don't know i don't know if i want to say this but i'm going to anyway i guess but it seems like the genuine nature of what it used to be has disappeared diluted a little bit but but maybe maybe that's because I'm in a different place in life too. So yeah, and I think that um, to be fair, um, bigger packets is a little bit more for people that are focusing on single family. And mm. I think when you are focusing on on multifamily and larger multifamily, it does not apply because a lot of the things that you know they are discussed in the forums are on smaller units and and single family mostly flippers and and rehabbers yeah 
I, and I wouldn't know because I, I spend very little time on there now. It seems like every time I post something, I inherently, uh, or is that the right word? Anyway, I promote what I'm doing and then that gets flagged as, hey, you can't do that. And I spend some time in the doghouse with, with them. So I'm just like, all right, I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> I'm still a member. I still contribute, right? I'm still a middle tier member of Silver, which I don't know why. I'm not using it. So, uh, anyway, uh, I think that's a great segue. You found me on bigger pockets and we now have had this two, uh, coming up on two year relationship. Uh, and you and I full disclosure, we probably should start with this. We're looking for our first deal to come together on right in Florida. I'm handling the panhandle North Florida. You're handling, uh, whatever that South is, Florida. down South Florida. Yeah. Is there well, a nickname from Jacksonville for, down? From Jacksonville, is there a nickname for, for Jacksonville down or no? I don't know. I Central and South Florida, I guess. Okay. All right. So the CNS of Florida, you're focusing on that. So uh, you and I would not have be looking for this if if you weren't able to take action, right? And that's what I want to encourage people to do is take action, but make sure it's the right kind of action, right? <laughs> and so what I, what I mean, I want to circle back around, this is how we connected. You and I are now working to find a deal. How can people connect with you, right? What's the, and that'll be kind of the, taking us out of here today because I have lost track of time and I know you've got to go. You've got to go meet a potential <laughs> investor uh, on a deal um, there that um, uh, it sounds like a really good opportunity for you. But how can people connect with you? What's the best way? Yeah, so you can connect with me on uh, my website is taliinvestments.com and it's T-A-L-I-E investments.com. And if you are interested in a free deal calculator, I have a free deal calcul calculator on my website. You can download it for free right there on the front page. And as you mentioned, I have also my podcast is Real Estate in, uh, Deal Closers and it's on iTunes, Stitcher, um, all the platforms, <laughs> um, especially iTunes. And you can also find, uh, find the, uh, deal closers, um, podcasting uh, on YouTube. So, okay. you know, the YouTube channel is Annette Lee. And if you are on Facebook, you can find me on Facebook as Annette Lee. I am uh, a lot on Facebook. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, where will we be without social media? Right. And it's Annette, A N E T T E. Tally, right? T-A-L-T-A-L-I-E. Yes. yes. Yeah. yes. Right, and cool. if you are in South Florida, uh, we have a meetup. Uh, hopefully we're resuming the uh, regular meetups. Uh, we have virtual uh, virtuals going on right now, but uh, you know, I, I lead the South Florida Multifamily and More uh, meetup here in Fort Lauderdale. So if you are uh, local, uh, reach out to me and you know, let's get connected. That's yeah. one of the things that I learned on the mastermind and on the first mastermind meeting, Jay uh, challenged me to <laughs> connect to other people. And so, you know, like I said, that, that changed everything for me because before I was kind of doing it all by myself, the lonely uh, person trying to get all these <laughs> things done. And then I quickly realized that this is a, a team sport and like, you know, so many things that I have learned on, on Jay's mastermind and I encourage everybody, you know, I know that right now we're full, yes. but you may be opening up a new one and uh, it has done so much uh, for my investing, Jay. I cannot thank you enough. Uh, I look forward to our calls every week and it, this is a, a non-negotiable for me and my husband knows that <laughs> Tuesday nights I am... 8.30, I'm out. You know, he has to put the kids in bed and he has to, you know, take care of them because I am going to be on my call. And I just put it as a priority. Like you said, you know, you yeah. have to take action and you have to take the right action. And so you have to, you know, put your priorities on yep. what do you want to do? Well, I appreciate the kind words. I really do. And yeah, there, there is a, um, in that community, that small community, you, you said the mastermind, we are full um, I am looking at opening other spots and so trying to figure out how to do that and when to do that. But yeah, right now there's 30 people in there and there's deals happening. There's relationships being built. I don't know if you saw Cindy's post, um, about how, uh, how the mastermind checks off like one corner of her vision board, which I don't do. I think you do a vision board, don't you? I did. I did. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I've never done one of those and I, I don't know. I don't know what, 
I actually did it digitally. I didn't do like I bought everything to do it, you know, like a vision board physical, but I, I ended up uh, realizing I never had the time to do it and sit down and do it. So I just decided <laughs> to do it digitally one day yeah. and I use Canva. And so I just have it digital Very and cool. I print it out and I have it there on my mirror in my uh, bathroom. So I see it every morning. That's awesome. That's awesome. Annette, thank you for spending time with me this morning and chatting things up. Um, guys, if you want to learn more, I, I will highlight, I know she gave a lot of things and I'll put these in the show notes, but go to tallyinvestments.com and make sure I hear a lot of good stuff about your calculator that you have out there for, for free. Um, that's one of the things that's talked about in the mastermind a lot, right? Uh, Brody and those guys talk about it. So I want to highlight that, but Annette, I will see you uh, tomorrow night. Tomorrow. This is Monday morning, right? <laughs> so I'll see you tomorrow night at our mastermind call. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks for being action takers. Thanks for listening to this. Thanks for listening to Annette and I's story as we talk about buying right, understanding the market and doing your homework. Um, because I know you're an action taker, I want to make this offer for you specifically here at the end of the podcast. But if you will go to, uh, I've got some swag, right? I've got some hats. I've got some super comfy t-shirts. But for you, Mr. Podcast Listener or Miss Podcast Listener or Mrs. Podcast Listener, if you will go to w2capitalist.com, click on the store button, and when you get ready to check out, use the special promo code podcast, and you're going to get 15% off, all right? This is 15% off of our hats, our t-shirts, our, our all of our swag that's out there, right? Uh, I say hats and t-shirts because that's what's in there right now, but we've got some more exciting stuff coming. So make sure when you go to w2capitalist.com, you click on that store button. You When you shop, you use the promo code podcast, get you an extra 15% off.